Good evening, everybody. This is Rich Duncan, and tonight I'm joined by my partner in crime, Shane Douglas Keene, for the first official episode of the Inkheist podcast for 2020. Um, Shane, how are you doing tonight? I'm um, doing pretty good, Rich. Um, I just took your advice and went ahead and took a hit, so I'm trying not to choke <laughs> on the microphone. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad, although I think people would get a big kick out of that. <laughs> They got a big kick out of last week, uh, Brennan. He was like, I love that part. And I can't even remember what uh, precipitated it. But when I was like, and look at me now, I'm sitting in my closet drinking beer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's like, I almost lost it. And then I started laughing. And I'm like, you know what? I can't even remember like what made me say that. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't remember now either. I don't. We were discussing something from the past, and it came up to that point in time. But that's the that's the sticking point right there. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you know we do this show, so like there's sometimes I'll go back and I'll listen to some of the past episodes, but by and large, like I was there, so I don't really feel the need to go back. And I'm scared that if I tried to guess, like people who listen to the show every week will be like, "Wow, he was way off. He doesn't even." Know his own show yeah yeah and that's uh with me when i'm editing them i listen to them so many fucking times that the last thing i want to do is go back and listen to our asses talk talk again (laughs) yeah Yeah, there was only a small handful of shows i think where i went back and listened to them a second time i've gone back with a few times to some of them just because i learned so much from them and i just yeah yeah, I'll pick. I'll I'll try and search out certain things, but I generally don't listen to them all the way through. But yeah. uh, like I normally, especially too, like I drive a shit ton, as everybody knows. But um, I'm almost finally caught up. Um, when I when I did the show with uh Angel, I told him I was gonna start, and I mentioned it last week. But I think I'm only. And I started from episode one. I think there's like 85 now. I I listen to like anywhere from three to five a day. So I'm almost caught up. I think I'm on like the final 10. And then I'll be all the way caught up. Oh, yeah. I see. I don't think I've gotten through the first 10 yet. Well, yeah. To be fair, though, like I'm locked in the car like for hours on end. And, you know, I listen to like This Is Horror and stuff. But I'm pretty much caught up on that, so it's just whenever there's a new one. But yeah, it's kind of interesting, too, like, if people, and I'm wondering if anybody that listens to this show, like, came in, like, after, you know, we're only, I think last week was technically episode 25. Like, it says 24, but we had the two-parter with uh, Daniel Brom. Yeah, we had a part B to that one, so that was actually... Yeah. So I'm wondering if anyone who started late where it was like 20, like if they binged it, like it's weird. And that's the good. The cool thing about his show is like there's a couple references to like the time of the year. But like I binge those and like it doesn't sound dated at all. I th- I think it's to the way he conducts the interview. Like it's it's just kind of like a conversation and they talk like writing stuff, but also just like about the author's lives and everything. But I think it's interesting to like 
quote unquote binge a podcast like that. Like it's a weird experience, but it can be beneficial. It wasn't the case of his show, but I wonder if anyone's done that. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I've had, well, I've actually, I've had a few people on Twitter say to me, hey, I'm just getting caught up on your podcast. I just discovered it. So it's like, so yeah, at least, you know, two people in the world have gone. (laughs) (laughs) All all two of our 10 listeners. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Now we're just being smart asses. We know that, you know, there's, that's the cool thing too, as we, you know, start the second season, which is kind of funny. Like, I like the idea of seasons, but like, I know the idea was for us to like take a mini break and we're calling this the second season, but we really, other than like maybe once have recorded these all back to back to back. (laughs) Yeah. And the, the once, the once we didn't actually skip it, we were just late on it. Yeah. So, you know, and I know that people, you know, we have a great, Uh, fan base and i'm bringing that word back and i already realized that it sounds stupid i made fun of you last week for it but listeners um you know who are very supportive of the show and we really appreciate it and can't thank you guys enough you know nothing means more to shane and i than when we hear people say like oh you know i picked up this book after listening to the Ankhuis podcast or you know i learned so much from you know, insert guest name here when they were on the show. Yeah, um, that's that is really heartening to me. I keep kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop on that every time I hear that. Like someone come up and go, "Hey, uh, if you're looking for a good book, don't listen to those idiots at Inkeyes. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about." <laughs> yeah, yeah, they told me to read this book and it fucking sucks. <laughs> I spent a lot of money on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and then too you know god forbid you'd have all those people that love to do nothing but post one stars they'd be like heard this on the Inkhuis podcast read it it sucks yeah <laughs> but well, uh yeah i think we're tooting our horn uh too much there to think that that would ever happen but <laughs> what well, anybody would ever tell us we're pieces of shit i'm not sure Oh, no, I, I think they would tell us that. I'm saying that we would get name-dropped in an Amazon review, <laughs> whether positive or negative. Nah, yeah, I don't I don't think we'll even achieve popularity through notoriety, so... Uh, yeah, and not to not to name names, but we already know that there's someone out there who's more than willing to chastise us. <laughs> oh yes, that's true. We did get spanked the other day, didn't we? <laughs> we sure did. We sure did. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, it is. I'm above actually saying anything about that. So sorry for the inside joke, people. But uh... <laughs> yeah, we just uh, yeah. We just wanted to let you guys know that, you know, we're not, uh, we don't think that everything's all sunshine and rainbows. But also, should you, should anyone in the world decide that they want to contact us and, and chastise us and tell us how to do our shit, um, think twice because you'll not get a single response from us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like we accept criticism. Just please, uh, try to be constructive and, uh, 
not a dick about it. Otherwise, yeah, it goes straight to the trash bin. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, you tell me to fucking fix my shit, you need to go fix yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, before people think we're... So, howdy, everybody. How's everyone doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, just uh, before Shane and I were doing a solo episode tonight, you know, just to tr- kick the new year off and kind of let you guys know what we have planned and just to kind of shoot the shit about stuff we're looking forward to and or have enjoyed lately, books, movies, um, you know, we just wanted to have this episode to kind of kick off the new year, um, First thing, uh, you guys know we've been releasing original fiction monthly. Um, we recently published uh, Cena Palayo's story. And then for January, um, probably this week it'll go live. We're going to be publishing Keith Rossin's story, Their Souls Climb the Room, which is a great, great story. If you guys haven't read Keith's work yet, I think this will be a this will be a good way to get introduced to his writing style. Shane yeah. and I read this what I think he sent it to us in last month maybe. Nah, longer or than that. November sometime. Yeah. yeah. And uh we we knew instantly that it was one we wanted to feature. And then um some of you may have seen on Twitter um, for February we're going to have a new story from Philip Fracassi, uh Home Again. And that'll be sometime early February that we'll post that up. Um, yeah, a fantastic fucking story. Both those stories are, though. Um, I've been listening to, or listening to, I've been reading Keith Rasson for, um, and if we just massacred your name, Keith, sorry about that. Yeah, um, sorry, Keith, because I said Rasson, <laughs> and then Shane added a little accent to it, Rasson, so. Like, like a, like, <laughs> Like a French thing, right? Rosson. Yeah, so, yeah, sorry. We usually would ask, like, if we have a guest on, we would ask them, but uh, yeah. it's it's hard to, we just do our best when it's just us two numbskulls. <laughs> or, or correct each other. I don't think that's yeah. how you say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, we're pretty excited about both of those, and... Uh, you know, as of right now, because I know people have asked, um, it is invite only for now, only because, you know, we wanted to kind of get our feet wet with, you know, publishing these stories um, <clears throat> with authors that we were familiar with or, you know, had read a lot of. And we wanted to keep it small so that we didn't bite off more than we could chew. And, you know, because I think that's a problem a lot of times with you know, whether it be magazines or publishers where they just get too excited and overreach, you know, their resources and then it kind of falls apart. We just wanted to start off slow, get the hang of it and, you know, see how it goes before, you know, we open it to submissions or, you know, do it more frequently. We wanted to make sure that we could keep doing it steadily rather than, acquire all these stories and then be like oh crap you know we can't pay or yeah 
or or we blew the whole load. That's all we can publish. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. <enjoyed it. laughs> yeah. Know? So for those, you know, who are interested or are wondering why it's invite only, that's the only reason there's no ulterior motive. We just want to make sure that we don't overextend ourselves. Yep, it's just a resource thing is all it is. And, um, you know, we have a bunch of other cool stuff in the works that we can't quite announce yet. Um, not to be vague or anything, because I know how much people hate that. But uh, we're going to have like a regular, a new regular featured ad to the site um, that we'll be talking about more in the next couple weeks. Um and I also, I want to throw this out here. I, I throw it out on Twitter all the time and we haven't gotten any takers yet, but we really want to bring back uh, the signals from the abyss feature, which is like a nonfiction uh, section of the site where people can talk about weird or unexplained, you know, quote unquote true. You know, some people that don't believe they'll be like, well, it's not true because it doesn't exist. But, you know, true to the person writing it just kind of collect you know weird stories um i think we have three up so far uh one of them was mine that was the first one and then we had uh other ones on there but we'd really like to try and bring like more non-fiction type stuff to the site yeah um and i'm i've been a slacker on that column too <laughs> Because I was like, Rich first suggested he's, hey, let's do this. And we both talked about the stories we had and things that we had experienced and whatnot. And, okay, let's do it, Rich. And then everybody but Shane has gone in there and written one. (laughs) (laughs) And the funny thing is, too, is like, uh, you know, all the other ones are good, you know. But when you were telling me yours, I was like, this would be fucking perfect. (laughs) <laughs> and I, th- I think that was last year. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. <laughs> it's like, hey, that's a great idea. Way to go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, and I, I know we've discussed doing some other, you know, stuff similar to that, um, that, you know, we'll probably roll out. We don't want to don't want to paint ourselves into a corner just yet on that one. No, (laughs) but, uh, two, um, I also wanted to just take this minute, um, you know, 2020 is coming around. There's a lot of most anticipated stuff. We might get into that a little bit later in the show. We may not, but this ties directly into, uh, our guest next week. I just finished up and 25 seconds. What's that? 25 seconds. No. 15 now your minutes almost up buddy oh <laughs> god damn it we gotta edit that out i'm like what the hell am i muted no i'm just fucking with you man <laughs> anyway please forgive me for the pronunciation but uh next week as you guys may or may not know we're gonna have samantha kolznick on the podcast um the author of true crime which is her debut novel that's coming out from grindhouse i just finished it today i started it yesterday i was gonna ask you about that yeah i read maybe about god almost a little over three quarters of it yesterday in one go and then finished it up today and 
I got to say, like, I was already interested based off of the synopsis, you know, the cover art, the whole nine yards. But um, and all credit to Shane, because he's the one that uh, originally interacted with Samantha and getting her on the show and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, all credit to him. But, yeah, this I was already interested. But once I read it, phenomenal, phenomenal book. Um I hate to be like, oh, you know, this is going to be on my year end list when it's, you know, January, what, 4th. <laughs> but it truly is a remarkable book that, um, you know, has been getting a lot of well-deserved buzz online. Um, but, yeah, excellent story. I'm so excited to speak with her next week. And I know you read it a little bit before me, Shane. Um, yeah, and I said online and will stand behind it that uh... – Samantha Kolsnick or Kolesnick, however we are screwing it up, we apologize. <laughs> um, uh, I lost my train of thought there. Um, I, I think you were saying like you were no, talking online. Yeah. No, no, I was um, – after reading that book, uh, I said on um, Twitter that she uh, was the greatest discovery of the 21st century so far as far as – literature goes for me because um, she just it was like her her work is so phenomenal um, and so well polished that it feels like it feels like it was written by a grizzled vet, veteran you know but it has the freshness of a debut yeah exactly and like we talked a little bit about it last night but um about like you know it's kind of like sparsely written but that's not to say that it you know it doesn't evoke you know the imagery in your mind that you sometimes have when you're reading or whatever but it's it's very tight there's no yeah you know there's no wasted words in there like everything is maximum impact and that's what kept me gripped through the whole thing well and, and that's uh, what happens yeah because it's it's there <coughs> it's very spare so it has the effect of just ramping the pace up to just ridiculous speeds <laughs> yeah exactly and like that that's one of the moments, you know, like a lot of times and, you know, we read new authors a lot. Um, like when we had uh, Laurel on for the, f- the third episode, you know, that was the first time we had read her work because that was her debut. And, you know, we weren't too familiar with her. So, but um, like we had the same kind of reaction, like you, you know, you read the book and it sounds interesting, like the synopsis. And then when you actually get into it, like there's no better feeling than when you find a new author like that. And, you know, you start reading their story and it just like smacks you in the face with how good it is. Um, Yeah. And that that is one that definitely just kind of kicks you right in the diaphragm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, takes you by surprise. It was one that um, what sold me when she she did a cover reveal on Twitter and I saw um, Brian Keene compare it to uh, J.F. Gonzalez's um, Survivor and uh, Jack Ketchum's The Girl Next Door. And it's like uh, Brian Keene doesn't say shit like that lightly. Yeah, and not only that, but he was spot fucking on. Like I had just I had just read Survivor prior to reading this. Like I read that in like two days and 
you know, I know it has kind of like an infamous reputation among the horror community and rightfully so. Um, you know, it's a great book, but you know, there's some brutal, brutal stuff in that book. Uh, anyone thinking about picking it up and reading it, just know that going in that it gets pretty dark and pretty heavy, but it's very well written. But yeah, there's a lot of both of those books, you know, in this one. And it also, it kind of, it's, you know, there's different stuff that goes on in it, but, uh, Karen's book, Doll Crimes, kind of had like a similar tone to it. Yeah, I still need to get to that one. I'm guilty of having it sitting here on my Kindle. And yeah, yeah I, I know just... you're not putting you on the spot because uh, I know you had said that last week. But yeah, it was it was kind of cool because like they're two totally different stories but you know it kind of has that same soul i guess you would say awesome awesome uh karen's a hell of a writer i've never read a single word by her that didn't just imprint itself on my brain you know yeah same here um i think the first thing i read from her i think it was called seven sins it was like a short story collection and yeah i I tore through that and was like, she's one of my favorite authors, like just off of that. And I believe that was her first published work. And then she had the, uh, the book with gray matter. Yeah. I, I read her in the very first time was in a, a piece she wrote with, uh, Simon, Simon Dewar or DeWar. Yeah. Um, yeah, gray and, matter. no, and suspended in dust. Oh. Yeah, that's right. The first one, yeah. Which what? Which he edited. Um, yeah. Simon Simon did. I haven't heard heard anything from Simon in a long time. Um, I think I think he stepped away for a bit, but um, I saw a couple weeks ago that he's you know writing stuff and submitting it. Ah, good, good. It's another another talented dude. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, suspended in dusk, like that was a. That was a hell of an anthology that you don't really, you know, I know there's the second one too, which I've read a little bit of. I still need to finish, but those are two anthologies that definitely need more attention. Um, yeah, I think uh, my, probably my very favorite Ramsey Campbell short story is in that book. Um I don't know if you remember it, and I'm not going to say anything about it because it's one word would fucking spoil it. But. <laughs> no, yeah, I read that. Thing. Like I, like if you were to start talking about it, I'd probably be like, "Oh yeah, I read it a while ago." Because I, I forget. Like I know that came back out probably when I was still doing like the horror bookshelf. Yeah. And I think yeah. that I so I and I vaguely remember reading it when I was at my old apartment and that was at least four or five years ago. Yeah. It's been a while. Cause I, re- I reviewed it pretty early on in, uh, shotgun logics, uh, dubious history. <laughs> um. <laughs> you know, what's funny now is that now that we've done this and like, again, this isn't by no means like a brag or anything like that, but there's, books out there now that have pull quotes from both of our sites and people might be like, Oh, let me check this out and see that they haven't been updated in two years. 
Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it still floors me, too. Every now and then I'll see a poll quote on a book that I didn't know was on it, and it'll be from a review I wrote seven years ago or something. You know, it's like, oh, wow. I think I could probably say that a lot fucking better now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I read back through some of those early reviews that I've done, and oh, man. I mean, they weren't terrible, but. You know, it's kind of interesting in a way that, you know, by no means is it the same thing as, you know, crafting an entire book or a novella or even a short story. I mean, but it's kind of cool to like you can go back through your old reviews and like it's more of a nonfiction type thing. And even though we get creative with it, like you can kind of see your like progression. Yeah, almost yeah. like an author can see their progression through the works that they've done. Oh, I yeah, I see quite a bit of uh, difference now between now and my first uh, reviews on Shotgun Logic, and so to the point that sometimes an author will say, "This is one Shane Douglas Keene reviewed here," blah 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 blah, and it'll be a super early one, and I kind of almost get embarrassed because I really <laughs> fucking sucked. <laughs> you know it's funny i never had that impression because i remember i remember i i it may not have been when you first launched it but it wasn't long after that you know that's how we kind of met each other and i always thought they were good but you know like you said at the same time and not to say that they were bad, but like I thought the ones that I was doing then were good. And now, yeah. you know, I've learned and grew a little bit. And now I look back on it and I'm like, ah, yeah, that's not really the best. Yeah. And that's not to say that, that I'm the greatest now, just I'm a lot fucking better than I was then. Um, and that's just that's just number one, a learning curve. And the other other part of that is, you know, you got to exercise the muscle to make it stronger. So, yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, the kind of looping back on track for everyone listening next week, Samantha Kolznick can't wait to talk about that book, True Crime. And if you haven't pre-ordered it, definitely get on that. Um, you won't regret it. And what I was going to mention a little earlier is Grindhouse, Grindhouse Press. Um, you know, they get a lot, they get a lot of attention, you know, uh, on Twitter and stuff, but it seems like it still seems like not enough. Everything I've read from Grindhouse has been excellent. You know, so many great authors and stories, but also to like the design work. They're definitely one of my favorite independent publishers. And I know that, you know, every time I see a new release from them, it's one that I, you know, add on my to read list because every one I've read so far has been excellent. Like Cockblock um, by C.V. Hunt, uh, Kinfolk by Matt Kurtz, uh, Matt Serafini's that just came out uh, in 2019. I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. I know it's right. Some rights of extinction. Yep. Um, all of those books. Great. And then I think there was one from Scott Cole in 2018 called triple X. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything I've one. read. Yeah. I, I love that book. Like it was so 
it was so well written, but also kind of like over the top and like an interesting take on a kind of tired, not necessarily tired, but you know, like kind of like a, a trope, like but, a serial killer type story. And yeah, yeah, kind of, um, it kind of gave the, gave the definition to the word grindhouse in a way that, mm-hmm. that story did because it had a real it had that over the top part that you mentioned that's what i mean by that you know it was kind of a grindhouse filmish sort of read yeah yeah and like ever all the books that i've read from them have been nothing short of phenomenal um especially to the kinfolk one by matt kurtz that thing is amazing like especially for us and you know our mission statement with the site about you know horror wanting to focus on horror and crime noir and stuff like that um for other people who are kind of into that both those genres and the kind of mixing of those that is an excellent one to pick up uh you know it's about two brothers i believe they're brothers but they're kind of you know on a revenge mission and, you know, they run into some problems and they get stuck out in the, you know, the country and the backwoods and stuff like that. And all hell breaks loose, you know, kind of like, you know, something kind of similar. And it's not really a spoiler because I think it's in the synopsis, but kind of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type deal, but with like a crime element to it. Yeah, somebody else told me that, too. I forget who now, but I haven't talked to anyone who's read it that didn't absolutely love it, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was excellent. But, yeah, definitely, if you guys haven't picked up any Grindhouse Press books, definitely pick up Samantha's because it's excellent, but also take a look at their back catalog because there's a lot of great stuff in there. And, hell, I think they've... I can't remember off the top of my head, but I want to say that they're at like a, at least a hundred releases or so, or getting close to it. Yeah, quite a few. So there's a lot that I need to go back and read, and I'm pretty excited about it because, like I said, everything I've read from them so far has just been fucking great. Yeah, they're one of those presses like Silver Shamrock that is just hitting hitting out of the park every single time. Yeah, and I know we we did that on our last solo show, yeah. and we mentioned it throughout you know the whole first season. But it's one of those things like where we talk about you know indie presses, and you know yeah sometimes you know you'll hear stuff pop up about certain indie presses or whatever. But by and large, as a whole, the indie press scene, especially in horror, is like phenomenal like you have so many and i don't want to leave anyone out but you have bloodshot books um gray matter press grindhouse silver shamrock and i could probably just sit here and go on and on and list all the great ones that are out there um yeah they're too just literally too many to list um some you know some not so great ones but uh they're an extreme exception to the rule. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sad, sadly, like you say, you don't hear a lot about indie presses unless there's unless there's some sort of controversy going on, unless they outed themselves as they suck somehow. <laughs> yeah. Know? And then you hear about them for five days straight, you know. But 
But as far as positive goes, they're kind of in the shadows as far as, you know, even all of us who read indie fiction a lot of times aren't thinking about who the publisher is and that they're indie and you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, while, you know, that that's definitely part of it and, like, you know, we could be a little bit better about it. Um, you know, most people, you know, most people do acknowledge the publisher, but it's one, th- one thing I wish we could see more of is the kind of, you know, and everybody who reads and reviews, whether you run a site or you just read and review on Amazon, one thing that I hope that we can all do together is kind of push some of these books towards, you know, readers who might just kind of skirt around the mainstream whether it you know mainstream horror like the big names from big publishers it's like i hope we can kind of like push that more into the overall general consciousness um yeah i i think so too i i finally was able to do that with my sister get her reading indie horror and um it changed her world you know yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the same thing um, with me. You know, I I would recommend like a book here or there to people, and they you know they picked it up. I don't know if you know they kept digging further after that, but but uh, the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about uh, pushing indie horror um, towards a more mainstream audience. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was talking about my sister finally going that way and but uh yeah, so hopefully that's something that we can continue to push through, you know. But uh I wrote oh crap. Uh okay, so thirty four fifty eight we're gonna say <laughs> You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so every, hopefully we can, you know, just keep pushing indie horror. And, um, you know, I know like already I I know we talked about doing, you know, like everyone's doing 2020 reads. I've already got a shitload of them written down that I know I want to check out. Whether oh, they be horror it. or crime. Yeah, and I'm, I'm the same way. I've got, uh, well, even a shitload of my 2020 books are sitting here on my desk right now, right beside me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I have, uh, you know, most of them that were on my list. You know, I have the, uh, I have eat the, eat the, and this is another thing i have the arc which is what i call them but i've heard other people say arc weigh in on the you know on twitter when you hear this episode on how you guys do it <laughs> yeah that is kind of because i kind of use them interchangeably yeah some, the, if i'm feeling fucking lazy i'll say arc yeah <laughs> yeah, it, I'm just curious because, like, I wonder if, like, it's one of those, like, potato, potato things. <laughs> I have no idea. But, but yeah, yeah, like, I have a bunch of those on Kindle, like, Stephen Graham Jones, the only good Indians. Um, 
you know, there's like a ton of others that are on there already, but there's some that aren't. And, you know, I'm just kind of curious, like, I know we talked about it last week, but do you have any that maybe you didn't mention, or you just kind of want to mention again that you're looking forward to? Um, yeah, there are some, well, I, I did mention the only good Indians, um, which I'm massively looking forward to but um there's also a bunch of flame tree stuff that's coming out yeah that, that is uh really really exciting to me um I'm, I'm having to move weed containers out of the way so i can read the titles <laughs> <laughs> um yeah new ones to me uh gregory bastianelli who i've never heard of before it's a a horror story called Snowball, and I'm too lazy to dig it out and read the synopsis, so we'll just do that. Um, <laughs> but I've also got Ramsey Campbell's The Wise Friend and Mark E. Fitch's Boy in the Box, and those are all Flame Tree and Flame Tree Rocks. They're another one of those presses that we were talking about. Um,. And uh, one that I just received yesterday. So you got me going now, man. You don't, I'll, never, I'll never fucking shut up. <laughs> hey, that's all right. We got we got to make sure we give these people a decent length of show. <laughs> um, it's right there on your fucking lap, Shane. Um, John Bassoff has a new one coming out. I don't know the exact release date, so I'm not going to make a fool out of myself with that but it's called the lantern man and yeah. uh, it's it sounds exciting as hell to me um john is a phenomenal writer you know he wrote uh, corrosion uh, the disassembled man um the drive-through crematorium which a bunch of us read this last year yeah um, not to interrupt you, but I, ju I just got mine today, and I'm excited because that's where I started to get interested in checking out his stuff was through you reading and reviewing some of his other books. Yeah, he just really, really resonates with me big time. And as it turned out this last year with that one I just mentioned, he uh, resonated with a huge chunk of the indie horror fan base you know yeah which is and i'm not sure if all of his books are but um and i could be speaking out of turn but i know it's coming out through down and out which i think is generally regarded as a crime publisher right yeah so it's kind of cool that you know it's had such a huge resonance with the horror community and see his uh his fiction for the most part um, rides literally rides the razor's edge between crime fiction and horror fiction because a lot of it, most of it, like uh, corrosion, is I would say if you ask me to define it, I'd say it's crime fiction, but it's horrifying. Yeah, you know what I mean. And disassembled man, uh, it's a little bit fantastical, but for for the most part, yeah, it's crime fiction, but fucking horrifying you know and uh that's kind of what i expect from this one too or i doubt that down and out would have published it if it was too too far over the horror line you know 
Yeah, yeah, I and you know it's like that's kind of interesting too because like you said that you know it that he rides kind of that fine line which we've we've said this 930 million times so I'm sure people are probably banging their head against the steering wheel or desk if you're you know yeah. at work but uh, that's why I'm so excited to read that book is because you know that's like. That's kind of like our sweet spot, and I can't wait to read that one and then, you know, go back and read some of the other ones. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you're you're in for a surprise with this guy. Um, he tells me that this is different than anything he's written. So, which, is, but the thing about that is, it's funny when he says that because everything he's written is different from anything else he's written. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, He's one of those authors who can pull that off and and uh, do it well. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of it's funny you say that because like I I didn't want to get sucked in because I have other books that I have to get to before I read that one, but I kind of just open and flip through the first couple pages, and I think like the first page, it's kind of like it looks like a picture of like an actual newspaper. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's a, I have a feeling is going to be a, a brilliant read. Yeah, and it, it's funny how you really, because like you've read him. So when you said that I'm going to, you know, that I'm going to dig it a lot when I read it, that's kind of like when you had read all the David Joy novels. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to get to those. And then I finally read one, which I still have to read the other two. But I'm kind of like savoring them. Like part of me wants to just read the last, the other two that he has out now because I uh, love the first one so much. But I kind of want to like pace myself and enjoy it. But I started, you know, because I have to read things, whether it's a series or not. I always like to, and you know, I don't always, but I like, especially if an author has a huge body of work. But I try and start like somewhat early and then work my way forward. So I read uh, his first book, Where All Light Tends to Go. And God damn, that thing was so damn good. Um, yeah, and I think I read it like second book, first book, third book. So I, it made no fucking sense at all how I read his book. <laughs> yeah, they're all. Yeah, because they're all standalone. I'm just, right. I'm just a fucking weirdo. <laughs> but uh and um yeah and i just don't fucking care <laughs> yeah um but uh but uh that's another guy who's got something coming out that excites the fuck out of me and that we should have tooling our way here eventually yeah um, and that's david joy's newest newest novel when these mountains burn yeah, and I'm so excited for that one, and probably as like a nice little lead up, I'll probably read. I want to say I'll probably read just the second one, but I know I'm gonna read the second and third because I remember you talking about the third one. So I've been dying to read it ever since. But like I said, I've been trying to be quote unquote good and pace myself. You know, you know something that he's really good at. Sorry, I'm, I'm. Uh, 
my mind was wandering into a, diff- a different branch of that same conversation. No, no, that's cool. Um, um, he's really good at blurring the line between good guy and bad guy. Yeah. Um, and that's especially evident in uh, the line that held us. I think it is his third book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. It's it's just amazing how he can do that. Where you know, it starts out and you got a pretty clear fucking idea how who is the bad guy and who is the good guy in this situation, you know. Um, and then by the end of the book, you're sitting there going, "Well, he was he was kind of right too, you know, and he was kind of wrong too." You know, and then all of a sudden you're questioning, you know, okay, who was a good guy and who was a bad guy? And that's just that ability he has. uh, He has an in-depth knowledge of uh, the the social aspects of the society that he lives in and writes about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm real excited for those, and you know that was another that was another discovery that uh, you had. So anyone out there, if Shane tells you to read something, read it. <laughs> He's never steered me wrong yet. Just you fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you gonna like try and try and recommend me shitty books? <laughs> Trick, trick you into reading a heavy-duty romantic erotica. Or... <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know that I'd be able to handle all that. <laughs> so, in all seriousness, though, like I, I don't think you have recommended me something yet that I haven't enjoyed. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think that's a two-way street, too. A kind of... Uh, I have several friends that way now that everything they mention that and say you should read this ends up being something that you should definitely read, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that that's one of the cool things, and one of the most, I think, underrated aspects of, you know, the horror community and all of us that do stuff like this is, you know... We're always like telling each other, oh, read this person or that person or, you know, you even if it's not a conversation, you see them write about something and then you're like, oh, shit, I got to read this. And like, too, you know, there's a lot pretty much everybody like I always find at least one author or, you know, one book that I haven't heard of and I need to read. But the person that always gets me. And I swear there's no bias because he does write for us, but also uh, Ginger Nuts of Horror and Horror DNA. But Tony Jones, every time he, like, sends us, like, either an article or a list, like, sometimes I'm familiar with the author, but a lot of times he recommends some really interesting books that, like, I had no idea were out there. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like shit, I got to write this down. I got to write this down, like, almost every single time. Even with even with authors that I'm intimate, not intimately, but in you know, kind of super familiar with, um, he kind he pulls books out of the ether that I've somehow missed along the way, and it's like, yeah. you know, how the fuck did I miss that? But yeah, Tony's a 
Tony's a madman. That guy, when he decides to take on an author's work and tell you about that work, he goes, he's he's amazing. You know, he'll he'll yeah. give you he'll give you a, a three hundred word review of every single fucking book that author ever wrote. You know? <laughs> yeah, like and and I always love those, like uh, you know, the piece he did for Adam Neville. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Robert McCammon piece. Yeah, that's exactly exactly. Those are some of my favorite pieces that he's done for us. Yeah, yeah, I love reading those because, like, like you said, like I'm, I was aware of McCammon, but there was a couple where you know, they might have been like not lesser known, but nobody really talks about them as much. And I'm like, oh, that's that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um. What the fuck did you just say? I was totally not listening to you, Rich. <laughs> I said even even some of the McCammon books, you know, I know his work, but there's maybe lesser known ones. That he okay, gotcha. That's yeah, I funny. As Shane says, what the fuck were you talking about? Ten seconds prior. Yup. I could picture him nodding his head. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was going. Well, this is yeah. This is kind of how I felt too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, while my fucking addled brain that bounces around a hundred miles a minute has already gone on to a different conversation. <laughs> well, it could be the weed too. <laughs> um, like a potent combination. Yeah, yeah, it could be. <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic. <laughs> I thought I, I felt like we were really connecting there for a second. <laughs> well, we were. How, how was that for how was that for honesty, man? Rick, I wasn't yeah. fucking listening to you at all. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> that was brilliant. Oh this, man. This blip brought to you by horror dna <laughs> <laughs> yeah we should start coming up with commercials yes. for other sites <laughs> yeah no kidding. this awkward silence was brought to you by. <laughs> we're now taking sponsorships everybody if you want to get in on the ground floor of some of these innovative podcast ads <laughs> Uh, yeah, you've never heard advertisements like these before, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. In line. <laughs> oh man. Oh, now I completely lost like the train of thought that I had going there. Uh, the thing I mostly got from that was that we would make the worst fucking marketing agents in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> I feel like we were doing pretty good as far as coming up with commercials. I, I think given enough time or enough booze, maybe we could come up with something funny. Or we would think we were a lot fucking funnier with enough <laughs> yeah. booze. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate. I, we'd be like, oh, this is brilliant. And then you listen back. What the fuck? Exactly. Uh Booze told me to do this, and I thought it was a great idea, but Booze lied. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but um, just to kind of rattle off 
uh, some of my other 2020 anticipated ones that I don't think I mentioned before. And I, I can't really get too much into the synopsis. Synopsises? Synopsi? Synopsis? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, synopsis. We're good at English over yeah. here. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can English gooder than anybody. <laughs> but yeah, some of the ones that I had that I we haven't mentioned were uh, The Boatman's Daughter by Andy Davidson. Yeah. Um, another one that sounded really interesting to me, partly because, and not necessarily the part where I live, but kind of a more upstate central new york based story um and i believe it was on max's list too for lit reactor um was the sundown motel by simone st james um i'm really looking forward to the michael bailey and doug morano anthology miscreations i think i might even said that last week yeah but don't Uh, forget rue yeah, yeah, Rue for sure. Um, from Alan Baxter, um, Velocities, the short story collection from Kathy Koja, um, Wonderland by Zoja Stage. I, I or Zoja Stage. She wrote Baby Teeth, um, and Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. Those are just some of the vast and many 2020 books that I'm looking forward to reading. Uh, that uh, last author you mentioned is absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah. And, yeah, most of those you mentioned are super, 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 super exciting books for me. Um, the... I haven't gotten the Garcia yet, but I'm working on that one, Moreno Garcia. Um, yeah, I don't have that one, but I have the uh, I have the crime book that she has coming out. Ah, cool! I didn't even know she had a crime book coming out. Um, but uh, yeah, all those others you mentioned, pretty much, I think we both have in one form or another, or they're ether, but we will have. Yeah. Through by hell or high water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but there's so much exciting stuff. Every time someone does a most anticipated reads of 2020, it's like, oh, fuck, here we go. The same same 10 books again. But it's never that way with indie horror. Yeah. There's always something different on every list. You know, there might be commonalities, but there's you're going to find something that you hadn't heard of on every single list and that's what's been great about this genre the last couple of years is that rather than a dearth we've had a wealth of material to read you know to the point that it gets overwhelming sometimes yeah yeah that's you know i can't it's pretty much every day like even during the work week where i work ridiculous ass hours like in the mornings you know go on twitter and like i'm always finding some book where i'm like man that sounds fucking awesome and i like add it to like you know i write myself a quick note on my phone or whatever yeah um and that's me too all day long you know literally literally oh that sounds interesting (laughs) you know add that to this list that's 600 pages long already you know 
And I can't even can't even call it Rich's fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, uh, I I told Laurel we were gonna have to make her her own list because I picked up. Uh, I believe I'm probably I'm just going off memory, so I may have the Haley Piper book that she recommended. I think it was the possession of Natalie Glasgow. Yeah, I think that is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I I ordered that earlier in the week i think yeah earlier in the week and i told her we were gonna have to give her her own list um yeah she's laurel's another one who's got pretty great taste in fiction you know um Haley was kind of a revelation to me and she will be to you when you read her work um i'm not super far into it but i am currently one of the books that i'm reading is benny rose the cannibal king and Haley's got chops. Yeah, I'm really excited because, you know, Laurel, when she was talking about it, it piqued my interest. And then, you know, I read about it on Amazon and to the the cover for it, like, it, like you know, that seems like such a, a silly thing to focus on. But, like, sometimes, you know, it's true, like, a cover will catch your eye and, like, the one for that one. Like I was already interested in it and gonna pick it up, but then when I, well, you know, I saw how cool the design was and everything, I was like, "Yep, added it to the card." Um, yeah, and that's uh, that cover on the the Benny Rose book is pretty pretty fucking stellar. Now that one, what uh publisher is that through? Do you know offhand or? Um, no, I don't, but. I think it might be unnerving, but let me look it up before I make a clown of myself. But, um, yeah, I clown. (laughs) We all know how much you love clowns, but yeah, it is from unnerving. Yep. January 23rd. Right on. Eddie's another talented dude who, uh, runs unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. He does a lot. He he does a lot of great things, you know, publishing, like you know the bo- the books that he puts out. Um, he does the magazine, and uh, he has a podcast. And he's a pretty fucking talented writer too. Yeah, well, yeah, I can't believe I left that. I was thinking more of like the unnerving side of things, but yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the thing is, like, I when I. Uh, he first approached me about his collection that I can't recall the name of now, so I won't massacre it. Um, and uh, I thought, oh, great. Here's another publisher who thinks he's an author and wants me to confirm it for him, you know, because <laughs> they come along every now and then, you know. And um, not not at all, not at all. This is an author who also publishes some stuff. You know, yeah, and he's it's it's kind of it's pretty inspiring. Like there's a couple of guys like that, you know, like him and Max are both very similar in that way. In that, you know, in addition to writing great stuff, they do a fuck ton of work, you know, promoting other writers, publishing other writers. Yeah, yeah. Um endless endless warriors because it's nothing but you know nothing uh that they're getting filthy rich off of by any means 
Yeah. And, you know, that's, it's kind of inspiring in a way. Like, I'm sure Max would probably graciously thank us, but also probably be like, why the hell would you say that? But, like, it's, you know, it's inspiring, like, what they accomplish, you know, through all the different stuff that they do. Um, yeah, especially, you know, given, I don't, I don't know about Eddie, but Max is 12. (laughs) He's accomplished a lot of shit, you know, in his first 12 years of life so far. No, (laughs) seriously, he's somewhere in his twenties is all I know, but he's, he's a young fucker and he has accomplished so much that it just blows me away the kind of uncanny drive and and intelligence behind that workforce you know yeah and that's the other thing like i had forgotten all about it until we um until we just started talking about you know eddie and everything but he has uh unnervings doing like a like a series called rewind or die that I am very, very interested in. Um, I'm definitely going to have to pick those up, but yeah, it's a, it's a series of, looks like 20 books. Um, looks like the first one comes out January 23rd. Uh, it's going to be midnight exhibit V one, Stephen Graham Jones, Philip Fricasi and Renee Miller. And then from there, yeah. And then from there, um, oh, and then also on the same date, it'll be uh, Infested by Carol Gore. And then uh, Benny Rose the Cannibal King is part of that series as well by Haley oh. Piper. Right on. And it looks like he's going to do a couple of months, you know, from starting in January all the way up to it looks like December. And I'm really excited about it because I vaguely remember and... I vaguely remember the, like, I guess you would, the mission statement for it was kind of like, you know, those reminiscent of, like, you know, old school VHS type horror, I think it was. But uh, the cool thing about it is there's some authors in here that, you know, I have heard of before, but there's a lot of authors that are brand new to me. Like, I've read Renee Miller and Stephen Graham Jones and all that, but, uh, there's a lot of it seems like newer authors um, and Eddie, of course, but yeah, there's a lot of newer authors. It looks like in here that I haven't read. So I'm really excited to, for that series to get going and reading all of those. Yeah. Cause he's another guy who's got a really good eye for a good story. Mm-hmm. Actually, that was the, like I had heard uh Philip, Fracassi, that was I had always heard of him and I've since read other things, but the first thing I read was uh overnight that he, uh Eddie had put out. It was I think he put it out as kind of like a limited chat book sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think I read that at the same time as you did. Um but I had read his collection prior to that. I wish I could remember the name of that collection. Um uh, Behold was, the Void. No. Oh, I thought you were still talking about Eddie. So. Oh, <laughs> no, I was talking about Philip. Well, I'm sure glad I didn't say name Eddie's collection. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I know Shane knows the name of this. Um, yeah, behold, <laughs> behold the void is one of the most 
brilliant collections I've read. Um, and I know I say that a lot, but it's in this case, it's, I'm lying in all those other cases, but in this case, <laughs> uh, I, I would stand behind that. And so would anybody who's read, read his work. He's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I can't wait to, like I said, I can't wait for this whole series. I can't wait because, you know, I it's a lot of new authors to me and there's nothing better than discovering that uh, new writers and stuff like that through those series. <laughs> but yeah, that I, you know, it's funny kind of going back to the 2020 anticipated reads. I, I'd forgotten all about that project until we got to talking about some of these other books. I'm definitely going to have to pick those up. Um, yeah, no, no question at all. Those are, I hadn't really heard about that series, but I can tell you that Haley's book, all you have to do is read the prologue and you'll know that they got just what they wanted. If they wanted that kind of VHS cinematic experience in a book, um, that's because it's the, th it's the first thing that went through my mind when I finished the prologue of that book is, this is like one of those old movies that we used to go rent and sit and eat popcorn and watch, you know? Yeah. And it, and for anyone listening, they are available on, um, I think he's going to make them available individually. I could be wrong, but, um, right now, anyway, they're listed, uh, there's the eBooks and the paperbacks. He has them listed where you can, you know, purchase almost like a subscription, like it's one upfront fee, but then you get 20 books. And I, cool. yeah, and I believe they, um, too, uh, looks like for the shipping, it looks like it's free for the U S too. So that's, uh, that's definitely a steal. Free for the U S huh? Yeah. I thought that was kind of weird. Cause he's from Canada, right? Um, uh, I think he is. I'm not sure. I, I know people from so many different places now that it's like, uh, yeah, he's somewhere in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he is based out of Canada. So yeah, I thought that was weird too, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's, like I said, that's a hell of a steal. Um, but yeah, there's uh paperback a paperback type subscription, you know, it's all one up front, but then you get all the books and nice and digital. So awesome. And you know what? I, that good on him for the idea. Like I haven't really seen anything like that. Um, like I, I wish more there were, you know, and I'm sure it took a hell of a lot of work and planning, but I think it would be cool to see stuff like that, like kind of like a novel series where, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to fit like, okay, these are going to be 20 books about vampires or 20 books about this, but kind of like an aesthetic and right. then create like kind of like a, a series around like an aesthetic that that's a really cool idea that I hope catches on. Um, yeah, I think so too, and I also think it's it's a great thing because it's a hell of an opportunity. 
multiple times over for for pe- horror writers yeah. to get their voices out there, you know, and that's uh, something that uh, Sadie Hartman and I were talking about just earlier today, and that is um, different ways we all work to do just that to support horror fiction and especially indie horror fiction you know and there are a lot of a lot of warriors out there i it's like i thought yeah. i thought to name one or two but there's so fucking many i just feel guilty as hell because <laughs> yeah leaving somebody out or yeah 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 i'm always in the same boat with that and it's it's funny because a lot of a lot of the people that we know that, you know, have their own sites or, you know, what have you, a lot of them, like we've known for years, like, uh, Zach, um, I've known him, you know, often, not off and on, but like we've interacted through Twitter and stuff like that probably since the early days of the horror bookshelf. And, you know, I could say that about a lot of the people that, you know, or in the community that, you know, I've known them for, you know, quote unquote, known them for years. Um, yeah, me too. I, I know, uh, Zach from day one, um, Jim McLeod, I, from right yeah. around day one, um, I've been friends with that cantankerous bastard. For years, you know? <laughs> he should change that to his Twitter username, cantankerous <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like I know what you mean. Like, um, yeah, a lot of these people we've known for years, and they're all great people. And that's one of the that's one of the best things about you know, doing this sort of stuff is the people that you meet, you know, not necessarily, I mean, the books, yeah, I love reading the books, but I think one of the biggest takeaways I've had from this is, you know, meeting new people and, you know, making friends and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, being a part of the community, both the horror community and the reviewer community. Yeah. Um, you know, for for one thing, most of these people are extremely selfless people. You know, yeah. And I mean, otherwise, you know, who's who's gonna give ten years and more of their life writing book reviews if they're not selfless? You know, because they're goddamn sure not getting rich off of it. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah. And yeah. It, and it's cool to like to see all kinds of different things that people are coming up with, you know, and like whether it be projects or, you know, columns or you know, anything like that. And two, there's always new sites every day and like new people joining the horror community. And but, yeah, it, it's cool. Like, I'm not going to lie. Half the time, like the best like one of my favorite parts of the day is like logging on Twitter and like talking to some of the people on there. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, I spend more time on social media than I'd like to, because I'm (laughs) far less social than it sounds like I am. I fucking hate people. uh, (laughs) I'm mostly kidding. I don't hate people. I hate a lot of people. (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe you're the one that should have Cantankerous Bastard as their username. <laughs> yeah, I think I have I have earned get the fuck off my lawn status at this point <laughs> in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, there. You no, know, that's one of the greatest. That's one of the greatest things, you know. And I don't know. It's it's cool to see everybody interact and like help promote everybody's stuff. Because you know, at the end of the day, it helps the books and the writers that you know we all love. At the end of the day, the more we share your stuff and you know work together on things. Um, absolutely, and that's that is exactly what we want to do. You know, we want to do whatever we can in this community to support our favorite writers and to keep them writing for us, and um, to just you know, hopefully somehow some small way help them to make a living doing it while we're at it. Yeah, and you know it's. It's interesting, like, I, I think we talked about this on the year-end thing, um, but just, it's kind of like a two-way street, and that's the other thing that's that I like about doing this, the podcast, reviewing. You know, a lot of the writers, you know, they interact with, you know, their readers and their fans, and it kind of creates like this two way street, like even doing the podcast, you know, yeah, we're just kind of peppering them with questions. I mean, it's not, it's not as basic as that. We try and make it like a fun conversation, but the amount of stuff that I've learned and just like the inspiration that I've gotten, like I've always written, but I've never, I've never really had the confidence or I guess you could say to like, actually show anybody what i've done but through hearing them talk about their processes and you know some of the stuff that they think about you know it inspired me where i'm like okay yeah i'm writing all this shit but it doesn't really mean a lick of anything if i don't show it to somebody else yeah it kind of makes you feel a little bit safer about that yeah because every you know all the all of them that say you know yeah you know there's a couple different authors that have said, you know, like it doesn't like, you know, just actually write the words like they don't have to be perfect the first time out. You know, you can always go back and work on it and make it the best that it can be. And I was like, you know, yeah, what? yeah that's right. And, you know, that's kind of what I did with my own stuff. And then I was like, yeah, let's, you know, try sending it out there. Um, yeah, and you might as well because feedback is what you need to get better. You know, yeah, it's too it's too easy to to do you know what I'm famous for and and write in a vacuum, but but you're not improving or at least not at the rate that you should be if that's how you're writing in the long run. Yeah, which I mean I've. I've done that too, and it's not to knock anybody that, you know, just writes for themselves, but like for people who are kind of like, you know, I want to write stuff that other people will read, you know, it, it, it does help like hearing that stuff. Cause I, like I, I've mentioned it before and I know it sounds stupid now, but 
like when I was younger and like before I'd gotten really involved in the community, like in the back of my mind, I knew that, okay, these books were edited and this and that, but I have always envisioned like writers sitting down and like banging out like an almost perfect draft where like, okay, yeah, you got to add a comma here or a comma there, (laughs) you know? And then Um, like the more I got involved and like learned like the craft of writing and like how it actually goes, it, it, it almost in a way, like it's hard work. Don't get me wrong. I know it's hard and it's not easy and it's not for everyone, but it kind of helps take a little of that intimidation factor away yeah. to hear them talk about it that way. Like, you know, just get the words down and you can work on polishing it and perfecting it later as you edit it and revise it yeah yeah i think it kind of keeps it keeps it fresh you know i mean there are some Mm. people who edit as they go but like lansdale's got an interesting process because he sits down writes it and then the next day the beginning of his writing session he edits it and then writes the stuff that he's going to edit the next day and he you know it's like okay it's so he kind of polish it as it polishes it as he goes, but yeah, some of the some most of the authors we've talked to probably say, yeah, just get it down and and then come back and. Well, yeah, like it's kind of it's funny you say that, which too I I know what you're talking about because I heard him say that. But I'm almost wondering, because I don't know if he's always been that way. It'd be cool to see if he always did that or if that was something that he developed over time. But um, even in a way, that's kind of its own get the words out, you know, maybe just on a smaller scale. Like he gets them out and then goes back and looks at it. <clears throat> but um, um, it's always cool to kind of hear how different writers approach it like at the end of the day a lot of the writers we talk to obviously we love their work but it's cool to see how everyone takes an approach to it yeah because there are i mean writers are by nature slightly eccentric slightly um and pretty much all of them have a little bit of a subconscious ritual to the way that they they create their work you know what i mean yeah um to enough of to enough of a degree that a discerning reader can tell you what their process is you know just because it's the it's a signature it's the way they do it every single time yeah yeah this what? This awkward silence brought to you by Crest. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to have to mark that timestamp. I really don't want to get a lawsuit from Crest. <laughs> ah, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? Pro- Which, by the way, while we're telling uh, giant conglomerates to fuck themselves, I'd like uh, Amazon to know that they ruined my weekend as I was waiting to stream Midsummer all week. And it's still not on Prime. Um, Amazon is bigger than Crest, you know that, right? (laughs) Hey, hey, they already delete half the community's reviews. Every time they try and post them, they can kiss my ass. Uh 
Um, I was I was upset. I was upset about that too. <laughs> I can't believe I almost stunned you in the silence. <laughs> well, yeah, because I started to say something that I would just sorely regret later. So I was trying to figure out what to fill that emptiness with. <laughs> I do, I highly doubt that they'll uh they'll ever hear what we no, say. No, they won't. They won't. Unless- Unless you have an Alexa device in your house. Uh, I have a... Uh, well, I do have an Alexa device. Oh, great. Well, then guess what? They just heard me tell Amazon to go fuck uh, uh, Yeah. I have uh, in my my fire, but I actually have to, it's, have to wake her up. It up. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, Shane, but it's probably already awake. Yeah. It's awake at all times. It never sleeps. Yep. It's <laughs> our overlords listening in. That's why, <laughs> listeners, that's why Shane's choosing his words carefully. He's scared that his Kindle Fire is going to kill him while oh, he sleeps tonight. Fuck that. <laughs> Am- Amazon and I have a open hate-hate relationship. <laughs> I mean, I'm the guy who, when I bitch about Amazon online, I make sure I tag those motherfuckers every time. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, it's funny. Like, we all use Amazon, and, you know, it is that the fact of the matter is it is, like, probably the biggest revenue source for a lot of writers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, and, you know, I buy stuff on Amazon. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, like some like the thing with the reviews that kind of pisses me off that they'll just delete people's reviews. But uh, yeah, that's what of, sticks with me so wrongly. But to kind of make take things on a more fun route, since you have no qualms about tagging them, could you please tag them and ask them why the fuck Midsummer is on Prime like they promised? Yeah, I was I was waiting for my rage to decrease a little bit before I went and actually tagged them in a tweet. There are boundaries. Shane was about to take the nuclear option on him. Scorched Earth. Like I waited for that fucking movie all week long. And <laughs> Dude, crickets. <laughs> you've heard me talk about how shitty my pay job is, and the one thing that I held on to all week was, man, Friday night. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna put on Midsummer, and it's gonna be the start of a great weekend. And it wasn't there. <laughs> hey, but I think we both watched the same one pretty goddamn good movie last yes. night. And it's that was a perfect segue because I wanted to talk about that. Um, Start up. If you guys have not seen that movie and you have any kind of interest in crime movies, excellent, excellent. I think it has like a 99% fresh Rotten Tomatoes score, which a lot of times Shane and myself don't put too much stock in those but you know i kind of i kind of still look at it just for a kind of general idea but even if something's low and it sounds interesting to me i'll watch it this one is at a 99 percent fresh rating that's well deserved in my eyes the audience rating is above average too so so that you know should say something else about it but it's one of those movies that I'm surprised it got by me. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, for those for those listening, for as much as Shane and I love books, and you know we write reviews and read a shitload of books, we probably watch an equal equally absurd amount of movies. Um, and neither of us had really heard about this. I think we both just kind of stumbled across it on, uh, I think it was on Netflix, right? Yeah, it was Netflix. Yeah, and we just kind of stumbled across it and added it. And then we watched it. We're like, how the fuck did we not hear about this movie? Yeah, because it's kind of like it's total, totally my thing, you know. And yeah, it seems like, you know, what, what fucking dimension was I in when everybody over here was raving about this movie? Because I missed it entirely. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a great uh, movie. The kind of quick synopsis for those listening is, you know, the, it's a young guy who he quote unquote start up, which I believe was like a term for somebody who is still kind of young and maybe under adult age, but they have gone from like juvenile detention centers to an adult prison. <laughs> and he, the main character, he's, he goes to the same prison that his father's at. And uh, I think his father has been locked up for most of his life from when he was young to now that he's like a young adult. And it kind of just navigates their relationship and kind of what prison is kind of like. Um, yeah. And it's brilliantly violent. Um, and that no. was a, not over the top violence, but the but the violence yeah. there is 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 just um, stunning. You know, uh, this kid that uh, pl- plays that role was a hell of an actor. Yeah, and you know, no spoilers, obviously, but you know, that's kind of what impressed me about it. Is a lot of times with those type of movies, like let's face it, violence is a fact of life and is a fact of, you know, that scenario in prison. I've never been there, but, you know, you hear about it and you see all these different things, but it doesn't just focus on that where, like, a lot of movies do. Like, it also has a very human story, which that was a thing that kind of impressed me the most and stuck with me the most was like the interactions between the kid and his father like from the beginning to the end of the movie yeah and some of the other characters that he befriended in the anger management yeah thing you know and um that's not too much of a spoiler because pretty much everybody in jail needs a little anger management but yeah (laughs) yeah that that was that was the main that was the other thing like very good character driven piece you know even some of the like characters that had limited screen time like just all around phenomenal the secondary roles were just as well played as as the primary yeah and i think we go ahead I was just going to say, like you say, they they all came across as real, pardon the cliche, three-dimensional people. Yeah. 
and it's funny because I'm watching it and I'm like, man, this this movie's excellent. And I'm like, I wonder if this director's done anything else. And he does have a long filmography, but the one that I had seen recently was uh, Hell or High Water. And yeah. that was the one I think with the brothers that were like trying to save like their family home. And I love, I fucking love that movie too. And I'm like, oh, well, no wonder I love this movie so much. <laughs> yeah, you know how my memory is. I think I saw that movie. Oh, uh, I, th- I think you did. I think we seen it around the same time. But the thing, oh yeah, yeah, because one of the brothers just got out of jail and yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, and one of them, one of them is just stupidly violent. Yeah, and you want to hear something that, like, blows my mind is that, like, a lot of times, like, and I even just kind of did it now myself, and I try to, like, catch myself, but, like, part of it is a lot of the movies I watch, the director also had a role in the screenwriting process, but that movie starred up, uh, like I said, I commented on how the director did Hell or High Water, the guy that wrote this film, his name's Jonathan Asser. I just looked it up because I was like, and I had done this last night too, because I was like, man, I was like, this movie is fucking well written. I was like, it's an incredible story. I was like, I wonder if this guy wrote any other screenplays. This movie came out in 2014, and so far it's his only screenplay. Oh, that's too bad because it's a great movie. Yeah, and, like, who knows, maybe he is working on other stuff, like, I'm sure Rotten Tomatoes isn't the end-all, be-all, and it it just shows finished stuff, like, he might be working on something, but, man, like, if this was his first, like, screenplay that made it to the screen, it was a fucking hell of a first movie, or hell of a first script. So, yeah, yeah, it really was. And there's something to be said for um, directorial signatures there, too, though, because yeah, knowing now that it was the same director as Hell or High Water, um, I, I can totally see that. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It, it had his stamp on it. And I can also totally see why I loved it, because um, now that I reminded myself what that fucking movie was that was one of my favorite movies i watched last year and also it's kind of funny like now i'm going through here and yeah this is this is the kind of you know level of preparation we do which is all it's kind of an inside joke because we like to keep these things loose so we didn't have anything pre-planned for this episode but uh now that we're talking about that guy he did hell or high water this is another one where this explains why i don't always go by rotten tomatoes but he also did the horror movie citadel (laughs) that i really dug it was like an irish horror movie i believe where he's like a i think it's like a single father and like he starts, he ha- he develops like extreme agoraphobia. Oh yeah, I know what one you're talking about. Yeah, and then he like he he starts to like venture out like a little bit at a time, and you know there's hooded people and 
on and on. I don't want to spoil it, but I, I love, I really enjoyed that movie and it's kind of funny. I never until just this second, I had no idea that the guy that did start up or hell or high water also did that movie. No, I didn't either. That's uh, kind of telling though, because it is, it's a hell of a horror film. Creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, like, the whole premise of that too i think is what drew me to it like somebody with severe agoraphobia and they're like trying like you know trying to get past it and then you know the reason they are that way is pretty dark yeah yeah i kind of i always think when i think of stories like that that it'd be really super fun to finally talk some agoraphobic person into going outside and then um, they get attacked by fucking tribbles or something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, they used to be okay out here. (laughs) (laughs) Tribbles. But see... Tribbles might have been a poor example. (laughs) (laughs) But see, it's it's funny, like, this is one of the reasons why I like the fact that we do the show the way we do, especially even when we do these solo episodes. Like, I literally looked at this last night, and I scrolled through that guy's films, and it didn't even register on me to click on Citadel to see if it was the same one until now. And then I'm like, let me click on that. Oh, yeah, that's the horror movie Citadel that I really liked. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. It's semi-rare, too, for an author who does, or a director who does films like Hell or High Water and Start Up to also branch into that, branch in that direction, you know? Yeah, except I'm kind of, I'm kind of confused now because I clicked on that Citadel link, and now it says written by Sierra and Foy and directed by Sierra and Foy, but for some reason, it shows up on David McKenzie's Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, he was a producer. <laughs> ah, that Whoops. doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and uh, just delete the last 30 minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what we just said. Uh, yeah, hey, uh, all that shit we just said. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it, but... <laughs> yeah, fuck it, leave it in there, because yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day... He was a producer on it, so he must have saw something in it he liked. Yeah, and it was a good so, movie. So yeah. It's valid. It's valid. Yeah. Um, we're stupid, but it's valid. <laughs> <laughs> that should be like, you know how like companies have like that, you know, like. Our tagline. Yeah. Ink like, We're stupid, <laughs> but it, it's valid. <laughs> <laughs> and this is another reason why i think it's fun that we do the show we do almost like a live spontaneous nature because people can listen to us ramble for a half hour and then we realize a half hour that we're fucking stupid right and then you know with this one running the link that it's running that by the time they get home from work that evening they're going thank fuck 
<laughs> you know what? I think deep down, I think that's part of our charm is that like, it's like we take a professional approach to it, but we're not afraid to let it devolve into stupidity. <laughs> um, yeah, it's due to a complete lack of anything resembling um, reverence. <laughs> yeah, at least for the solo shows. I feel like when we have the guests on, we we pretty much keep it under control. But yeah, left to our own devices. Oof. It's not safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I feel like we're building up a... We're building, you know, I tried to remain positive throughout this episode so that the next time when we go to record next week, when we talk with uh, Samantha, that when we do our sound check, we're not channeling the abyss because it's gotten progressively worse since it started happening last week. And I almost shudder to think what will happen next week. <laughs> yeah, it has gotten kind of weird, huh? Um, and two, like, you know, it's funny is it didn't happen then it didn't happen till right before we did the one with laurel but it was uh, the guest previous to that one john fd taff where we talked about hellier and weird creepy shit oh yeah that's right exactly (laughs) and then the very next fucking week we go to we've never really had problems with our sound checks and then all this weird shit starts happening um, yeah, really super bizarre shit, hearing stuff coming in over our fucking headphones. And Although we were having sound issues and I couldn't hear, or Rich couldn't hear a fucking thing I was saying, but he kept going, oh, I hear, I hear you, I hear you. And I'm going, no, you don't fucking hear me, I'm not even talking. <laughs> yeah. And then you gotta, you gotta add you got to add the cherry on top that uh, you told me right before we started this episode on what you heard. Yeah, what sounded like a little giggle in my headphones, but you know me, Mr. Skeptic, I sit there going, but it was probably actually outside. <laughs> Which, wouldn't that be even more disturbing that you hear some creepy-ass giggle outside of your house? Well, I, I forget that you're a couple hours behind, so it's not quite as late. But if I heard, like, a creepy-ass giggle right now, it's almost 11 here, forget it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The neighborhood I live in, though, doesn't really matter what time of day. If someone giggles outside my door, I'm probably <laughs> going to look for a weapon. <laughs> 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 Shane just kicks his front door open. Welcome to the Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it'd be somebody grandma or something. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you looking at, grandma? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And yes, I can be insulting to grandparents. I am one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I kind of want to take your your Twitter profile picture and put it on a shirt and be like, yes, I can make fun of grandparents. I am one. <laughs> <laughs> we could sell them. <laughs> Uh, 
Yeah, there'd probably have to be some swearing involved there. Or nobody <laughs> would think it was authentic. <laughs> I am. No, never mind. I'm not even going to complete that sentence because it was. <laughs> I heard your fucking brakes squeal in there, but. <laughs> <laughs> That should replace donkey laughs. I heard your brains. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Well, on, on that note, we should probably uh, call this a night. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But for everyone listening again, uh, you know, that's kind of the relationship uh, Shane and I have is we could bust on each other and laugh and, uh, you know, and have, have, have a fun fucking minds. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> but seriously, uh, as we get ready to start the second season of the show with our first guest, Samantha, uh, next week. We want to thank you guys for listening every week. Uh, all the kind words you guys say and just the fact that you listen at all even if you listen and don't write us on twitter or anything means a lot to us uh i know when we first started this we thought it was gonna be us just talking to nobody but uh we've been kind of overwhelmed by the support you guys have been showing us and thank you very yeah, much yeah. um yeah and uh, and on our website too or our website yeah. so our website saw massive growth this year over last year and uh that's you know for all of our visitors and people who follow us that is massively appreciated on our part absolutely so we wish you guys a happy start to uh 2020 it's a couple days into it already but hopefully hopefully things are going good for you guys and we look forward to sharing the first official guest episode with you guys in two Tuesdays from now. Yeah, yeah. And also no, one Tuesday from now. Well, no, because next Tuesday oh, this fuck, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, by the t- by the time this airs, though, it'll be one Tuesday from now, right? See? That is true, too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how you want to look at it, as of this recording, it'll be two Tuesdays. When you guys hear this, it'll be one Tuesday. Because <laughs> we're good at math. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, numbers scare the hell out of me. Um, speaking of numbers, 300, 301 shopping days until Halloween. I think that's a perfect, uh, perfect uh, close because yep. Halloween is everybody's favorite holiday. Um, yep, that sounds like a, a perfect segue out of here to you, man. <laughs> All uh, right, I'll catch you later, Shane. And uh, sorry for uh, Patrick and Brennan who listen to this show. Uh, hopefully, we can catch the fourth quarter of this uh, Patriots game. I. The last I checked, they were losing, and I hope that's still the case. So, uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> That'd be a, that would be a dream come true. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, hope sorry, George. My friend George is a huge Patriots fan, as is our friend John Foster. So, sorry, but we hope your team oh, yeah. has tonight. Yeah, and 
you know, I'm checking it right now. Oh, yep, four minutes to go. Tennessee's up 14 to 13. What wow. a glorious day this is. And with that, we'd like to sign off for tonight. And everyone, have a good week, and I'll catch you offline on Discord, Shane. All right. All right. See you next time. See ya. Bye. Thank you.